The Beacon, celebrating when God uses the unexpected to do the unexplainable. Hey, well, welcome to The Beacon. I'm your host, Steve Woods. We're thrilled that you've turned in, tuned in today to uh, 960 The Patriot, or if you're listening to us through SoundCloud or at phoenixchristian.org forward slash beacon. Uh, regardless of how you found your way to this program, welcome. We're so thankful that you have uh, tuned in today, and it's just hard to imagine that it's been uh, almost a year this month that uh, the program has been happening, and uh, it's, uh, it's an adventure every time we put one together, and every single episode has been one that I have been excited about, but no episode that I've been more excited about than today and having today's guest. You are in for an incredible treat uh, today, and, and I am as well, because our guest today uh, is, is a really talented guy, and in my life, one of the, the greatest encouragers that God has put in my path. And so to have him today on a day when, uh, at this time in the, the history of the world, we're experiencing a global pandemic, uh, the coronavirus uh, is uh, affecting the lives of literally every person uh, in the world in, in a variety of ways. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a time when we can all use some encouragement. So I, I want to welcome to our program my friend Ken. Before I do, let me just tell you a little bit about Ken. Uh, in addition to being a treasured friendship, he's just a really talented guy who functions in a, a number of roles as a comedian. Ken's one of the most popular comics on XM Radio, and he performs regularly you know, around the country. He's uh, just completing a program that will soon be available through drybarcomedy.com, uh, and that's something that is, uh, if you um, are out there and checking out different Sources for Comedy, that is the fastest growing source for, for comedy that's out there right now and, and really, really cool. In addition to being a, a talented comedian, Ken's a motivator, and he's spoken to hundreds of companies, giving uh, incredible focus in the midst of change, helping them maximize productivity, uh, and developing lots of record-breaking product launches with them. And then lastly, and, and maybe most significant and important to me, Ken's an inspirational guy who's written two best-selling books on relationships. Uh, he's got a regular radio show podcast that inspires thousands to experience life to the fullest. And I just promise you that uh, today, if you'll stick with us, uh, that God has something special for you. The theme of our program, uh, sponsored by Phoenix Christian, is when God uses the unexpected to do the unexplainable. And uh, like no other guest, no other person in my life, that theme, that tagline that we use, uh, resonates with my friend Ken. So, Ken Kington. Welcome to the program, man. We're so thankful that you're on today. Man, it's such a blessing. And, the, and uh, did you say the name of the program is the Beacon? The Beacon. Oh, okay. I I, I got a typo or something. I thought it was Bacon. I thought it was a culinary <laughs> show in the uh, of Bacon. But uh, I'll shift gears, and we'll uh, we'll have some fun with that too. <laughs> I was thinking a radio culinary show. How does that happen? But, exactly. People be standing beacon. in line to listen. <laughs> Maybe year two we'll make it. We'll do the bacon show. <laughs> the bacon show. Everything's better with bacon. No, but I, I can't think of anybody that is more of a beacon than you are and literally just walking around in life. But I'm super pumped that you chose to use the, when God does the uses the unexpected to do the unexplainable. Have you ever shared the word with them, what the actual word is? So... I haven't, and, and it comes down—I'll I'll let Ken tell the story, but one, many years ago, I can't even tell you how many years we're, 
we're hanging out, we're playing Scrabble, and and can pick it up from there. Well, it, it's just wonderful because it's so rare when I'm on the road that I get time to just chill and hang out with with anybody, and then you and a couple others that are just some of the, my favorites. Um, and I just love anytime I'm near Phoenix saying, hey, do you want to go for a hike? Do you want to go to Oregano's? Do you want to do whatever? And uh, one trip was a couple extra days, and uh, I got to hang out at your house with you and Teresa, and the girls were playing Scrabble. And I am horrible at Scrabble. I mean, I am monumentally bad at Scrabble. <laughs> And I like literally. If I get a four-letter word, it is a it is an extreme uh, cause for celebration. And and I definitely don't get multiple words. Well, this one time, it was I was definitely in last place. I don't know how far, but I can, I had a play, and it literally one play was going to make four different words out of one play. And it was double letters. It was triple word scores. It, it was like an 83-point play. The problem was that three of the four words were incredible, and one of them <laughs> was MOWO, M-O-W-O. And, uh, you know, as bad as I am and the fact that I never have a chance to win anyway, I thought I'd play the poker face, and, and I'll never <laughs> get to look on your face. You're like... Oh wow, that's a ama- wait a minute, Moa, is that is that a word? It's <laughs> as straight as face as I can pull. I was like, yes, it is. <laughs> Look it up. If you want to challenge it, challenge it, and, and you did. And it turns out it was not a word, but it became this lexicon uh, in our world of just joy and laughter. And then there's life progressed. I can't even remember how much longer. I remember uh, us getting together another time. I said, you know, MOWO, really, I, I've wanted it to be a word, and I figured out what it really means. And uh, I can't remember how that or all the circumstances, but it, it really did become this definition. MOWO is when God uses the unexpected to do the unexplainable. And it's just a simple word for that. So um, the more people use it, maybe one day it will be a, an actual in the dictionary word, and I will be able to retrospectively go back and win that game of Scrabble. <laughs> well, and in, and since that time, I mean, Molo has been. Uh, I remember sitting at my desk at work, and this package comes, and it's from Ken Kington. I'm like, oh man, it's a package from Ken. Wow, this is so cool. I rip it open, and out of it comes. And this was back in the day where the plastic holders that would hold a series of talks were cassettes that were stuck into this thing. And the cover of it is MOWO. I'm like, <laughs> you a teaching series on MOWO at a big Bible study in Atlanta. And then past that, we had a men's retreat uh, where a hundred guys went up to the wilderness and talked about MOWO and how God uses the unexpected to do the unexplainable. And, and MOWO, the theme the word, the idea, the concept, who knew would uh, ultimately be a, a weekly radio program celebrating when God uses the unexpected to do the unexplainable, Ken. It's a word. I'll let you play it now. <laughs> Deal. <laughs> well, you know, I, I we mentioned a little bit in the intro how there's stuff going on right right now in the, in the world, and and I'm not sure any of us can quantify or, or or wrap our minds around, you know, this sort of invisible thing that has us all running 
you know, uh, you know, for for toilet paper, like it's the newest thing and the the greatest invention, or uh, you know, water. I'm like, I'm pretty sure there's water at my house, but that's become kind of a thing. Ken, have you? What have you experienced in Atlanta? Is it uh, business as usual, or people kind of lost their minds a little bit? Not a little bit. They've completely gone crazy. And I I think the first few days that it kind of hit, they canceled school and all that. It it, it was just that chaos and panic. Yeah. And there's lines at the grocery store. And it's always funny to me to see what people buy. But yeah, people were, you know, they're rationing hand sanitizer and toilet paper and, and, and literally there's carts packed with stuff. And, um, I, and and it it really is serious, and it is the unexpected, and it's a great time to see what God wants to do. But there's also a lot of humor in it. And uh, as I'm waiting in line, I, I literally just wanted to get a couple snacks, and I'm waiting in this super long line, and I'm looking around, and two of my favorites, this one lady had a cart jammed full of a lot of toilet paper and some other things, but she had three gallons of chocolate milk. And I just thought, wow, that that's your response to the, the coronavirus. And uh, my favorite, though, is this one dude, and I'm not exaggerating, he had a case of beer and like a 12-pack of hot dogs. No buns, just hot dogs <laughs> and beer. And I thought, okay, there's another approach to it. But uh, people react in different ways to, to chaos. But I'm with you. I, I really think now my mind's kind of trained, and really not my mind, but even beyond my soul and my feelings to that that God's spirit within us going, okay, this is completely unexpected. Lord, what do you want to do? And uh, I think with that, there's two ways to approach situations like that. And that's either going to be panic and chaos and fear or the clarity of God's still in control. He's sovereign. And Lord, what do you want to do? And it's hope and it's clarity of what's going on freedom. And uh, I don't know. I've just had a great resurgence of freedom and okay, Lord, uh, help me see with your eyes and hear with your ears. And um, I also love the funny that's come out of it. What are some of the the things you've seen come out of it? memes or pieces that just make you smile (laughs) well that's got to be the meme uh you know wave has has been amazing if uh if anybody who's listening is at all on social media you know the the (laughs) the various memes are just prolific there's you know there's so many uh and and that has been that has been kind of hilarious there was uh there was there was one uh that i think i received uh, as recently as yesterday, and uh, you know, just hilarious. I think it's uh, I've got it right here. It's China just released the name of the person who had the first coronavirus. Oh no way! Uh, yeah, Ken. That person's name was Ah Chu. Ah Chu. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I mean, that's one of a hundred. Uh, but uh, maybe maybe this is oversharing. My wife and I went out on Monday and Tuesday to a couple of different places just in search of toilet paper. We happened to be out of the country when things were out of the country, out of the state when things really escalated. We were in Florida and we got back. And so, you know, we didn't get the initial rush. And 
while we were unsuccessful um, to find packages of toilet paper in those first two visits on Monday and Tuesday, um, I was successful finding that at the restroom of those two locations, um, there was toilet paper. So mission somewhat accomplished <laughs> there at the store. I told you it might be oversharing, but uh, but nothing brought home. So listen, listeners, again, if you're just tuning in, our guest today is Ken Kington, one of the most encouraging men I have ever known and one of the most treasured friends in my life. And I'm thankful to share this time with him. When we come back in our next segment, um, we're going to introduce you to a part of Ken's life when God uses the unexpected to do the unexplainable, where in essence, uh, the idea that he was a dead man walking is not far from the truth. So I want to thank you for turning, tuning into the Beacon today. I want to thank 960 The Patriot for having us on the air. Of course, Phoenix Christian for being our sponsor. Uh, come on back this next segment. You're not going to miss. You're not going to want to miss this, uh, this story that Ken has for us in the next segment. The Beacon is presented by Phoenix Christian, a school celebrating excellence in education since 1949. Learn more at phoenixchristian.org. Hey, well, welcome back to The Beacon. Uh, today we have as our special guest, Ken Kington, uh, who is joining us from his home in Atlanta. He and I are practicing social distance to uh, the nth degree. I'm in Phoenix, he's in Atlanta. Our producer, our faithful producer, Jeremy's at the studio in Phoenix, so we're all uh, separated, and, and so are you. Um, whether you're on the treadmill or listening in your car, wherever you're at today, thanks for tuning in. And so, Ken, we were talking in the first segment about the COVID-19 you know, adventure that we're all on and uh, yeah. things we've seen and experienced. Give us a little bit of your experience in Atlanta. Well, I, I, I honestly can't wait to get back on stage whenever that is because, I mean, like social distancing, that's a new phrase that's going to last for decades and people, it's just come out of this. And uh, I, I know you met your wife in high school, so you, didn't, you can't really understand this, but I think I was a pioneer of social distancing. <laughs> Because girls would treat me that way throughout high school. So I, I'm the grandfather of social distancing. I, I before it was cool, before it was hip. <laughs> before it was a thing, I, I experienced it every day. I thought it was like a punk band name, social distance, you know. I don't know. Social distance. Oh, my goodness. you got to share the one you told me off the air about the the band and the, the <laughs> name of I, that. So, you know, I don't know. I mean, we, we have listeners that span various uh, decades in terms of when we were growing up. But when I was growing up, you know, alternative rock was kind of happening. And there was a band that uh, that we liked a lot. And so this meme just has a picture of this band. And it says, basically, you know, I don't know a lot about COVID-19, uh, the, the, the disease, but this is the cure, and it's just a picture of the cure band. The band, the cure. The band, the and cure. If, if you know who the cure is, you're what we call old. That's so right. You're, uh, you're in that genre, but uh, it's, there's so many funny things. And if they have, if you ever see it, we're talking about this one too. Somebody hit me last night, and I, I'm laying in bed, and I just started dying laughing. It was the Where's Waldo's social distancing aversion? And it's just him standing in a field by himself. And vision <laughs> just made me laugh. So there's, I love that people, I actually love, I'm not a big social media fan, but I found myself, it's just such a great tool to stay connected in some 
some text threads and uh, even did a meeting last night on Zoom where there was nine people and you can see everybody. And it was like, okay, you know what? We're, we're going to stay social on this. And I, I've really come to the point where I realized no matter what the situation is, one of the, the greatest gifts and one of the greatest parts of God's creation is community and people mm-hmm. and how critical that is no matter what you're going through. And it's going to be really interesting. I think those who are going to thrive in this time are the ones who are going to embrace that, whether it's socially, uh, through technology, or literally meeting needs or whatever. But that personal part is, is monumental. Well, and you know, and and by God's favor, we're in a season of history where the ability to connect, uh, and not just you know with a letter that takes several days to get across via Pony Express or or even email, but real time, you know, Zoom, FaceTime, the ability to have relationship uh, without being you know physically in the same geographical location has never been, uh, you know more feasible than it is today. So, you know, thank goodness for that in a situation like this, not only for the ability to maintain relationships, but the ability to communicate rapidly, something that is changing really day by day, even hour by hour. I totally agree. I think there's a a two-edged sword with that and a filter on it. If it's personal, I think it's incredible, but there is also that piece that can literally cause panic and fear yeah. and and misinformation. And I would I've been asked several times, you know, what's going to be the outcome of this? And one of my hopes is is that uh, especially the younger generations grown up with social media will have a filter through it all to realize not everything you read or see is true. Right. It's not all meant to be helpful. It it can literally I, I think about a lot of the media today. It's they really have gone from our day when news was actually reporting facts and, and getting information out versus now it's it's creating controversy and causing uh, a reaction. That's the number one goal of media um, as far as the news goes. So it, it's one of those where I, I think the personal side of it is the, the shining light and just the mass of raw and weird information. And the idea, I hope it starts to fade away even greater, that just because you heard it on the Internet or read it on a on a text, it doesn't mean it's true. And the truth, yeah. when you know the truth, the truth will set you free. And I spent a lot of time um, not watching any news and uh, just enjoying family. And uh, when I do go on, I look at the CDC or the World Health Organization and look at raw numbers and go, okay, well, what does that mean? So... That's actually given me an incredible amount of peace through it all of what's actually happening versus what's being reported about what's happening. Well, that's such a huge takeaway. And if you're listening today, I mean, one of the things, the closer you get to the source of truth, the more freedom you're going to experience. We have a saying in our family that's trust, but verify. Like, I, I'll take that mm. line, but let's go back to the source of that. And, and, you know, the source of all truth is in God's Word. It's Scripture. That's where the greatest freedom is found. That's where that's where you can uh, dismiss error, which binds us, and, and you know, embrace freedom. And in the case of the information, like you said, whether it's the CDC website uh, you know, or just direct from a, a press conference from leadership, that's the best way to get unfiltered truth in this situation. Well, Ken, we've got a couple of minutes left in this segment. Uh, 
let's talk about a, an event in your life that, you know, is not something you'd wish on anybody or sign up for, but, uh, and we can go into the next segment if we need to, but, uh, yeah. this, this, this time when, as I recall, you, know, you weren't feeling a hundred percent and it led to, uh, it led to a visit to the doctor, right? Yeah. It, uh, it, I was just having some fatigue when I, when I do a tour, it's a lot of late nights and early mornings. And, uh, I usually come home on a Monday and it'll take me about a day to kind of recover, sleep in and, and I was just feeling a little bit run down. And, but I was having that rundown feeling like all the time. And mm. uh, I, I couldn't get past it. So a buddy of mine, we're at dinner one night with he and his wife. And uh, Heather said, tell him about your fatigue. And I did. And well, he's also my doctor. And he said, man, just come by. I'll run some tests. And I said, that'd be great. So he, I go by. He runs some tests. And he goes, man, you're, you're fine. You're just old. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and he said, but there's this one test. and you don't qualify for it, but I'll prescribe it if you want to do it. And then I did it's a calcification test. And it, it was one of those pieces where it took 15 minutes. I was in and out. But uh, a few days later, I'm on the road. I'm in Birmingham, Alabama. And I'm literally five minutes from walking on stage to do, uh, to do a set in front of a sold-out show. And he calls. And he goes, hey, what are you up to? You got a minute? And I said, well, I got about two minutes. I'm about to walk on stage. But what he told me next was literally one of those unexpected that I had no idea how it was going to radically change my life. And uh, I'll share those those numbers and what happened and the fact that I, I literally shouldn't even be here right now um, that, that happened on that phone call after the break. Well, come on back and join us with The Beacon. Thanks for tuning in today. Ken Kington for being here. You're not going to want to miss the rest of this story. So stick with us on the other side of the break. The Beacon is made possible by Phoenix Christian and listeners like you. Hey, well, welcome back to The Beacon. Our guest today, Ken Kingston. Ken, we're right in the middle of your your story. Uh, you're getting ready to go on stage. Your doctor friend calls. Hey, are you busy? And pick it up from there. Yeah, well, uh, we, we both have sons that play on the same high school basketball team. So I literally thought he was just calling to give me, like, a score, an update. And uh, he said, well, um, I got the results back from your scan. And I said, oh, okay. And he goes, can, can, I, can I read them to you? And I'm like, sure. And he gave me the parameters that he'd mentioned before. He said, you know, one to one to seven is, is good. Eight to 12 is caution, but 13 to 20 is, is bad. And uh, if you're in that 13 to 20 range, you need to go see a cardiologist. And he paused and I said, well, let me guess, since you're calling me on a, right before I'm going on stage, mine must be 19 or 20. And uh, he said, no, in a weird way with a pause, and he said, yours was 697. <laughs> and I actually kept the form, and I'm like, so I'm dead and I don't know it? And uh, he said, I, I don't know. He says, do you want me to read the comments from the, the lab? And I said, yeah. And now, now remember, I'm about to walk on stage and do comedy. <laughs> and got a house full of people. With 1,200 people that bought a ticket, and I'm like, all right. And he said, yeah, they said, this heart is in the bottom 2% of all hearts. 
a cardiac episode is imminent. Imminent. And I'm like, Dude, what, what do I do with that? And uh, I said, should I go to the hospital? And he goes, no. I said, I, I think you're fine. Uh, just, you know, see a cardiologist when you get home. And, and I said, well, you recommend one. And I know God's got a sense of humor even in that. So I do my show. I go back. I get on the tour bus. And the manager's like, man, you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I just got some really crappy news about my heart. And, and uh, I looked at my phone, and my, my buddy, Dr. Cantwell, had sent me, hey, I recommend you go see Dr. Menino. But I don't know if your phone ever autocorrects. And evidently, his did. And I thought he was kidding. He said, I recommend you see Dr. Minion. So <laughs> a little yellow guy, a little yellow dude with one eye, you know. And uh, but I went home, I saw that, and it was just it was test after test that came back completely normal until I got a, uh, a stress test with an echo, and that came back uh, immediately and horrifically bad. I, I, I mm. felt uh, completely fine. The best I felt was when I was working out. So I. Do the treadmill. They said, okay, jump off, lay down here. They started scanning my heart, and they started freaking out. She's like, oh, my goodness. Uh, just, just stay calm. Stay calm. And I'm like, I am. Stay calm. <laughs> and she said, well, well um, your pain, zero to ten, ten being the worst. Where is your pain right now? And I said, zero. And she looked at me with this, I mean, literally a white face. She goes, that's not possible. And I'm like, do I look like I'm lying? And she, <laughs> she just had this panic look. and get the doctor, I go to this room, he says it to me, he says, Ken, there's something seriously wrong, and I find out the next day, they, uh, I went in the next morning, they did a cast to check out my heart, he woke me up right after, he, I mean, 30 minutes after I was sedated, and and he said, I'm sorry, there's nothing we can do. Uh, they immediately took me into CCU, I'm sitting there, a thoracic surgeon looked, he came in while I was getting tested, and he told my wife, he said, all four of your husband's major arteries, and you only have four. All four of his are over 99% blocked. And as some of your listeners know, it might not be good with math, but there's not a lot left after 99%. So <laughs> it was one of those where I'm just dumbfounded and going, wow. And uh, I'll go ahead and spoil the ending for him. I made it. So, <laughs> but, good news. I mean, it was one of those where it, it literally radically changed my life from the standpoint of I, I was working out at the Y, riding my bike, doing cardio, and 30 hours later, I'm on a table having open-heart surgery. And the, the thoracic surgeon, he told me afterwards, he said, Ken, I'm literally physically looking at your heart in the OR. Your chest is open. I'm staring at your heart, and I'm thinking, why is that heart beating? And he told me later, two weeks post, he says, Ken, there's no reason why you should be alive. You should have had a massive coronary six, eight months ago. And, and and there's no reason, and you would not have survived. There's so much blockage. He says, you need to treat every day like it's a bonus, because it is. And there's so many pieces that came through that, and it was the people around me that that God just used to show me it's about community. It's about what we experience in those, the unexpected. And the unexpected really comes down to one word. And I experienced this from so many people that it changed me forever. And, and I know we're, we're running short, so I'll change the one word, but I believe it's the one word that's going to be the difference 
in our situation now as well. I'll share that after the break. Well, we're thankful that you made it. Uh, we're thankful that uh, God was in the middle of that and, and thankful to have you on the program today. Come back for our fourth and final segment and hear the one word from Ken. Phoenix Christian believes strongly in its rich history and bright future. Now equipping students from pre-K through 12th grade. Learn how you can help continue its legacy of Christ-centered education at phoenixchristian.org forward slash support. You're listening to The Beacon, presented by Phoenix Christian. Hey, well, welcome back to The Beacon. As we come into this last segment, I just want to thank, uh, again, our sponsor, Phoenix Christian, for making The Beacon possible. Uh, Phoenix Christian and every other school uh, in the country is uh, is basically push the pause button. So as you think about those leaders and teachers in those areas, uh, the athletes that uh, many of whom are seniors and won't be able to complete their their year, just uh, send some compassion their way. Uh, pray that God would redeem those lost uh, opportunities in their lives as well. And uh, if you're just tuning in, our, our guest, our special guest today is Ken King. Ken, Ken I want to thank you again, uh, not just for being one of the most important friendships in my life, but especially for being with us today. Oh, it's such a pleasure, man. It's so great to get to talk to you, and it's just really cool that other people can listen in. <laughs> for sure. Well, take us back to, you know, uh, again, we're thankful that uh, that God chose to to spare your life at, at that time when uh, the doctor said there was no plausible explanation for why you didn't drop dead when you were exercising at the gym. Yeah, and so I, I, I go through... Uh, a mental exercise, and and I remember sitting in CCU on an emergency wait list to go in to have open heart surgery, and just the people. It, it was the people that came alongside in a myriad of ways. Heather is, I think, it's one of, another one of the great parts of social media. My wife Heather had thrown out, "Hey, I, I know most of you have no idea what's going on because we didn't know hours ago, but Ken's about to have." quadruple bypass open heart surgery. And what I remember from the doctor's conversations, I remember 40%. And basically it was supposed to be good news. And and I look back on it now, he's like, yeah, you got a you got a solid 60% chance of making it. And <laughs> that's basically point toss. And uh the people that I will say this. I lost all political correctness. I had people texting and emailing and calling, and and I didn't get to reply to all of them, but a few of them said, hey, we're thinking about you. And I did <laughs> respond to them, and I'm like, hey, you can think about me later. Go ahead and pray for me now. Uh, I, don't, I don't want to stand before Jesus and him go, yeah, I'm sorry. Nobody asked. Yeah. So it, <laughs> I was like, all right. But probably even more than the prayer was, uh, just people being there, not only through the process, but even afterwards. And you can imagine the recovery was pretty, pretty long and intense. But these people just stepping up. It was the day after. I mean, I felt horrible. They say the first day after is the worst day, and I will vouch for that. Mm. Uh, you, you just, you feel miserable. You feel like you got hit by a truck, yeah. uh, and and you, basically your your chest was sawed open, and and it was it was miserable, but. It was my brother who stood kind of guard at the door because I wanted to see people and I, I needed that interaction, but I I was exhausted at the same time. It was 
It was my buddy Dan the night before who came up and relieved Heather so she could go take care of the kids. And again, I just needed those friends that you have that tightness to where you can have those conversations. And I'd gotten my affairs in order and had a day of just really stressful but great interaction. And, and he was up there. We're going to watch the seventh game of the World Series with Cleveland and, and, and Chicago. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like, so. He says, we're going to let you eat. I'm like, yeah, I eat till midnight. And he slipped up. It was one of my favorite memories, the whole thing, because he, was, he just said, okay, well, what do you want for your last? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> and the gravity of it really could be my last meal. was decided, and we just looked, and he was panicked, and we just started dying laughing. And I'm like, Lord, thank you. Thank you for that. And uh, yeah. just the different people that came along, it was, it was I, 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 it was my buddy. I, I literally was supposed to go on tour that weekend. And uh, Johnny W., another comic, a really great comic, uh, touched base with the, the tour. He says, hey, uh, Ken obviously can't. Let, let me do the tour. And he did, the, he did the, the four-day run. And I was so appreciative of that. But then just the humbling part, he, I get a check in the mail two weeks later and he's like, no, I'm not, I'm not getting paid a penny yet. This is, this is for you. Mm. And I'm just like, those type pieces happened over and over. People having to drive me places because I couldn't drive for a week. And, and the word that I got from it, and I've learned it a few years before with my daughter and her going through cancer as well. Is I'm a good guy and I'm a nice guy. And I'd say, Hey, if I could do anything, let me know. And I meant it, but it's people that take that next step. And and I think your middle name is this word because I've seen you do this so often. And the word is simply initiative. Mm. They, they see a need and they just do something. They don't ask permission. They don't ask for recognition. They don't ask for thanks. You just see a need and do something. And I, I firmly believe that is one of the critical pieces of MOO. When the unexpected happens, if we want to see the unexplainable from God, it's just, if we see a need, do something. And I don't know what that looks like, and I don't know what it's going to look like, but I do know this. This is the spirit that raised Christ from the dead that lives in us is going to direct us in those moments. And uh, if we see a need, it's probably God's way of going, hey, I'm going to meet this need, but I'm going to show it to you if you want to be a part. And people did that for me over and over and over, and it just took my whole world to a different level and encouragement of just going, okay, uh, I'm going to take initiative. And so I'm praying right now, Lord, is there anywhere around me, any need, and just just show them to me, because uh, we're going we're gonna to make it happen, whether it's somebody who doesn't have toilet paper, or somebody who's <laughs> grocery shopping, or... Somebody stuck on the side of the road, and we can change the tire with social distance. Um, whatever it is, I, I'm not going to live in fear. I want to live in initiative. Well, and and I think that's the thing is, you know, when we think about initiative, it's it's such it's such a a powerful move forward. And the reality of it is that the God of the universe is going to accomplish what He's going to accomplish with or without knuckleheads like Steve or Ken, right? Like it's not, yeah. he's not certainly not dependent on us. He's going to 
do what he's going to do with or without us. But the fact that the God of the universe would invite us to be an instrument, to be useful, to join him in what he's doing is mind-blowing to me, you know, that that we would have that chance, that opportunity to be useful uh, to the master. And, uh, yeah. and, and, and I think that mindset of, uh, you know, a, a common friend that we have and a mentor in my life, a guy named Larry, uh, challenged us years ago to before your feet hit the ground, as you're getting out of the bed, before you, you make that first move, to just acknowledge before the Lord that, hey, God, I know you don't need me, but if you can use me, I'm available. And, you know, uh, the idea that God isn't nearly as interested in our ability as he is in our availability is a recurring theme that's come through our shows over the course of this first year. And uh, we just got to be ready. You know, we got to be yeah. ask the Lord to give us eyes to see what he sees, you know, ears to hear uh, and, and hands to be available and to be useful. And, uh, and you know, the, the COVID virus thing, it, it's a reality as we tape this show. It may get more intense following this show, but you know what? It isn't going to last forever. And when it's done, there's still going to be opportunities to serve and to help and to come along some, somebody. And, and, he, and then we'll be able to give them a hug again. So that'll be great. <laughs> but, you know, even a verbal hug, I, I, I firmly believe as we get isolated, I think it'd be great for uh, literally everybody listening to ask ourselves a simple question. Who do I know that lives alone? And I can yeah. give them a call and just go, hey, are you okay? Do you need anything? I mean, yeah. that simple care for widows and orphans in their distress is huge. And my admonition, I, I really, but man, this was a hit me between the eyes moment. So I'm laying in bed after the surgery the first night, and it was miserable. Um, they, they, they tell you in the hospital, you got to get rest, you got to get sleep. Sleep's the best thing for you. Rest is what you need. <laughs> you know what the last thing they let you do in a hospital is? The rest. <laughs> sleep and rest. And at midnight, the first night I gave up, and I counted between midnight and 7 o'clock, 13 people came through my room. Right, they gang up and, on you, right? There's like a whole army of them. And it was insane. And and I learned something, though. So the second evening came, and the next nurse on duty did the vitals. And I think the guy was former military. He was very to the point. And I know they go through a checklist because they all said the same thing, and they always ended with this question, is there anything else you need? Is there anything I can do for you? Mm. And I know it was on the screen. I knew I had to check it, and I knew he had to answer it because he's just kind of, Oh, yeah, okay. Is there anything else you need, anything else I can do? And I stopped, and I said, Dave? His name was Dave. I'll call him <laughs> Dave, because that was his name. Because that and was I, his name. And he looked up from the screen and goes, yeah. I said, how would you like to be my favorite nurse of all time? And he just went, okay. All right. <laughs> like, and he says, what do you need? And I said, I would love two hours. He said, what do you mean? I said, I'd love to sleep for two hours in a row without being interrupted. Is, is there is there, why wouldn't you do that? And I said, last night, 13 people, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, I said, is there any way you can get all those people to come in, do whatever they got to do, and just leave me alone for two hours? And he looked at me and he went, sure. And he walked out the door. <laughs> Military day. 15 minutes later, all these people came in, did whatever, and he, he goes to the door, he goes, you want the light on or off? And I said, off would be fantastic. Three hours later, he comes back, he goes, hey, 
sorry, we've got to do some vitals. We'll be in and out in five minutes. And same thing. In five minutes, all these people come in and leave and turn off the light. And I woke up three and a half hours later, and he came in and said, hey, we've got to start our morning. And I'm like, dude, thank you. And he goes, yeah, no problem. I'm like, no, it, it, it's a big deal. I said, because I, I just got six and a half hours of sleep. I feel like a different human being. And what I sat there and realized was the hospital there gave great care. I mean, they really did. Great care. But that night, Dave went from providing care to caring. Mm. I became a person. And mm. he went from just going through a checklist to, I'm going to take care of this guy. Mm. And I believe with all my being, that God's spirit in us is going to start popping up names and situations during this time to just care for people. And if we're sensitive to it and just listen and we're not, and just taking the initiative, going, you know what? I don't know if it is not, but I'm going to call them. And, and, and we have no idea. But Lord, just direct me. And I love the prayer you said about Larry. What was that again? Before you hit, he hit the ground, what do you pray? Lord, I know you don't need me to do what you're going to do today, but I'm available and useful to you if you do. That's, that's it. That's the initiative prayer. And man, we do that. I think we're going to experience the unexpected in a, in a God-sized way. There's no question about it. And, and really, the prayer component of that is key. Lord, lead me. You know, Lord, is there something in my life that's in the way of being useful? Am I holding on to bitterness? Have I got some sin? Have I got some junk that, that I need you to clear out? Do that for me now. Search my heart. And, and when, when you've done that and listen for the Spirit to reveal and confess that, and then say, okay, Lord, as, as, as much as I know I'm as clean as I can be and I'm available as I can be to you, God, there's somebody you want to minister to, there's somebody you want to encourage. Would you, would you, if you really can't use anybody, would you prove it today by using a knucklehead like me, right? <laughs> I just love your humility in that, but I got to tell you, I, the, the verse that hit me was Galatians 6 2, just bear one another's burdens and mm-hmm. so fulfill the law of Christ. And, and I, I love also just to rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep, and just be Jesus with skin on. And I think you hit in the pre-show notes, you know, what are you learning? And I tell you, one of my favorites is the realization is that I'm not a mistake, mm. and that I'm, I am not only good enough, but I am created this way. And, and the one that really hits me is Romans 5, 21, how much more than those who receive God abundant provision of grace and the gift of righteousness that reigns through Christ in us. I'm already righteous and I've got the grace to just go. Be free to take initiative. Ken, I can't thank you enough for being on the show. Uh, thanks to PC for, for sponsoring our program. We hope you'll tune in and catch us again on the beacon. Take some initiative. Get out there and move from providing care to caring.